Welcome to the channel tribe. This episode is a part of IAMA series. In this episode, we are having Ashok Tiruvengadam talking on Smart Q8 role of human intellect. So the context that I was trying to set up is that, you know, the act of uh, software development has significantly changed over the last quite a few years, especially the last five, ten, you know, five years to be precise. I guess what, what has really occurred there is that we've gone through a lot more smarter ways of development. Uh, one is, of course, exploitation of tools. And I think, secondly, I think there's been an extraordinary amount of leverage that has occurred. Uh, leverage as in terms of trying to reuse stuff that has been built, either in the form of frameworks, patterns, um, uh, you know, services, components, and so on and so forth. And therefore, there's been an enormous amount of acceleration in how you can build today. On the contrary, I think that we are, as a testing, as a discipline, is still a bit of a laggard in terms of what we do, uh, though we, there seems to be just a lot more focus on the automation piece. But most unfortunately, the entire discussion uh, of testing has been mistakenly bucketized, in my opinion, as manual and automated. I think it's neither any of these terms, sadly. It's, it's just not those terms because they really don't give you a, a decent sense of what we're trying to do because they really take away the intelligent nature of testing, the mystery of exploring a piece of code and trying to find some interesting observations, some of them which turn out to be bugs. The craftsmanship of the entire act of what we do and the absolutely skillful exploitation of tooling, which is not just limited to tools, but tooling in the larger context. And sincerely, the joy of perfection that we are contributing something more to the greater good to the people, community, and the business. And therefore, I think we have in sense using words like manual, which to me sounds largely kind of like a coolie, because it's kind of labor, you know, when you say manual, it's, it's a lot more associated with the notion of labor. So we've kind of relegated this act by giving it this unfortunate term called manual testing to a kind of a more mundane, boring act. And therefore, I think that we're missing the cerebral fun that's extremely important to delivering meaningful outcomes to the business and the, and the people who consume the products and the solutions and not just find bugs. I think we just do a lot, do a little more bigger things than just finding bugs. It affects businesses, it affects people. It makes the act of using a software joyful if you do a very good job. And therefore in the today's age of speed and smarts, I believe it's only very natural that testing become far more smarter than what we practice now. And when I mean, what I mean by smart is the ability to use our intellect to do things better. And that doesn't mean manual or automated. It just means that we are intelligent enough to use exploiting tools along the way to do things simply far better, far faster. And of course, from a business standpoint of view, the question of cost does come in so far cheaper. And that's really what value at the end of the day is all about. And that's, to me, is the context of what I mean by smart QA. So I'm not trying to invent another any other term here. I'm just trying to just put two terms, you know, the, the common word of the smart 
with what we do as in terms of a QA. That's really what I'm trying to do here in the context. So one of the, one of the questions that uh, that was asked was, you know, look, what, what does it mean to be, you know, a smart QA? I mean, all of us are primarily focused on delivering great solutions and products. So we have specialized over many, many years into doing this job really, very, very well. And as, as, as businesses change, as the act of development has changed, you know, is changing and changed, I think there is only a natural propensity for us to see this act of QA in some sense um, far more work together with the context of development. So that said, there is obviously a far more reliance on technology that we have to be conversant with. That means language, programming, technology, tools as appropriate. And it is no more just the act of a technical kind of a testing or using the left brain. It requires a lot more in my right brain. So we can call it creative if you will. So the ability to be far more cerebral so that we can actually do less by one maybe preventing, by more, by one helping people to do things better in the earlier stage, to do as much less as possible, you know, by 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 making appropriate choices as we do things. So the the intent here is is to leverage our intellect far superior, not only from our context of what we do as test but from a larger context of software engineering and the, and the bigger larger context I, I think or the largest context if you will of you know uh, learning from other disciplines being inspired from other things that we do and so on and so forth so i think these uh, the expectation of the role of a qa is far higher compared to what it has possibly ever been in all these years and i think it's only uh, natural that it continues to stay that way and as systems become intelligent we can exploit systems and their intelligence to allow us to do things far better so that we can delegate some and focus on some more so that is in in in, in a sense to me where the notion of smartness comes at the end of the day it is just having you know obviously great fun uh, and delivering something stunning to what we do so let me try to go back and so I hope I've given you a bit of a context as to what I mean by smart. So ultimately smart is, you know, ultimate smartness is, I think is, is really about kind of not doing anything, but getting things done. If I could, you know, put it in a very simplistic fashion, that means, you know, it's, it's really about uh, doing as less as possible, uh, enabling people to do better so that we can do less as possible and exploiting delegating things to tools and technologies so that we can do less as possible so i think uh, when, when we become more smarter and intelligent we are still delivering absolutely stunning results with the possibly you know far less work that we end up doing and i think that's that's something that's a holy grail that we all search at the end of the day and we continue to do so so that said you know some of the questions uh, from um, josley who we talked about how to creatively alter the test cases when you have less time before release. How do you test smarter, smarter? What is what is this task smart automation strategy, etc. We will I will try to give some perspectives and some of these as as we go along. And of course, there's I think there's a 
very interesting bunch of questions, I would think, uh, from Sandeep, who's got, I think, about uh, something like about a dozen questions out here. So I think, see, uh, one, one the larger context that I understand in the entire stuff is it's, yes, we are focused on uh, testing, we are focused on test cases, we are focused on coverage, uh, we are focused on all the technical matters that possibly matters to what we do. But I think it's terribly important in this time and age to put some of these in a much larger context. And what that would mean is, well, there are possibly things like test cases that we come up with, scenarios we come up with and we test and worry about coverage. Um, and we always have this quote unquote, the challenge of time. But now I think we need to relook at some of these things. Is, is time really a constraint? In today's world, I think there's no such thing as a constraint. It is just that there is a given time and in the and we are planning to release something in that given time, which could be, let's say, a week from now or a month from now or whatever. So I think the real question is not about how much can we do, or, you know, can we do this? It's really about how much can be done and does it make sense you know, to do it? So I think in, in the development sense, once upon a time, it was more as, you know, well, I have only X amount of time, so what can we deliver? And therefore, we would de-feature some products. Much in the same fashion, you have some test cases. You may come up with more as you explore the product, as you play with the product, as you, as you continue to you know, immerse yourself better in the application of the product. So therefore, the numbers will possibly increase or decrease. There's no such thing as a constancy in terms of the number. But the, the real question is, is, is what we're really saying is, look, that is the end date that we have and what would matter, what can we do within that particular piece of time, which would matter to the end customer. So it's, it's, it's and that is where the, the question, you know, if you really rephrase the question now is, is and, and the question will be well worded, because it's how to creatively alter your test cases. Uh, certainly I can't be, I don't think I would be able to answer the question in a very binary notion. But the question is, if you kind of relook at the notion of a time and understand, say, hey, it, you know, this is what I, this is where the date is. This is the intended business benefits of the product that I plan to deliver. So given the fact that it is going to run on those kinds of environments by these kinds of people when I target to release, and this is the key, key thing that I'm going to be delivering in this release, I guess that would give us some insight into what I can add in, what I can drop, what I can defer, and therefore give you a better chance in answering the question in terms of you know what is the notion of creativeness in this entire piece. So a few weeks ago, I kind of wrote a small article where I titled it as 50 tips to smart QA. And, and you know, one of them was obviously on the notion of time. And what I just put this said that this time is really not a constraint anymore. It is just that you know that's all we have. That we have a particular time, and all we're trying to do is, is to see what we can possibly do here. The other question that just you know um, just they had is what is a smart automation strategy, and does automating something just for coverage really help? How do you smartly position your automation strategy to get maximum ROI? 
So again, let's kind of elevate this question a little bit to give it a better context. Ultimately, what we're trying to do is, 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 is exploring products and evaluating products slash systems constantly. Uh, we do come up with some test cases a priori. We do invent quite a lot of bit along the way. And we try to see how we can, one, increase the level of understanding and evaluate as quickly as possible. And that is where tools come in. So when we talk about tooling in larger context, then the smart automation strategy, truly, you know, in a smarter ways to look at automation would be to look at a larger perspective of tooling. Some tools help you to kind of play with the system, interrogate the system, find out some things uh, which will allow us to refine what we do. So they're not really execution oriented. Some of them allow you to evaluate better and that is where you end up scripting it in whatever form, whether you use a, a particular tool or use a language to end up scripting it, that's your call. So some of them are evaluation oriented. Some of them are, are tools that will kind of, that possibly help us, you know, to assess, uh, you know, to, to measure a few things so that we know if it is kind of working or not. So when we look at it from a larger perspective of tooling it just not in terms of a script as in, as what, what sometimes we interpret it by automation, then we are probably getting a lot more smarter in how we are exploiting technology to do our job and not be confined to tools from a scripting and execution standpoint. Now, whether we do it humanly, whether we do it using a machine, obviously there is a time and cost associated with what we do. Now, there are certain things that we do in a very continual fashion. So maybe there are certain behaviors, certain flows, certain scenarios that are constantly executed, which seemingly lend itself to be you know, hopefully done by a machine rather than me, because it makes possibly business sense, especially from a cost standpoint, point of view and a time point of view. So if there are certain well-known pieces, then obviously they, I think we end up naturally automatic and calling it regression and therefore look at it from a perspective of uh, ROI. But remember those kind of scripts are not by definition designed or you know are, are not intended to yield issues because they're more like health checks they're more like telling you hey i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine so i think uh, those kinds of test cases which are really i'm fine test cases i mean i'm fine scripts so to speak which are done periodically executed periodically uh, obviously lend itself very easily to be measured in terms of an roi so when you look at a smarter automation i think we're all I'm, all I'm kind of putting my head in here and talking about this is to look at it from a larger perspective of tooling as an aid to do a job, uh, which may help us understand better, uh, which may help us give us some better insights into what we are doing, which will help us to evaluate, obviously, which will allow us to uh, you know, assess certain things and then refine as we go along and so on and so forth. Now, now another thing that I think you know, one, of, one of the questions was what are the good resources to go through and acquire expert knowledge as a good tester, what are ones, what are important things that are in the market today. Uh, there are so many technologies coming in and, and it's going to be a challenge to learn every day a new tool, etc. 
So let's again understand here, I think what's today happening is certainly today the act of building is, is not anymore is an act of writing raw code from scratch. It's a lot more integration work. So I think the development has leapfrogged into a very strong industrial era of integration. So we are using a, a plethora of languages, technologies, frameworks to build software today. And a lot of them, large solutions, obviously aren't anymore a piece of code. It is really integrated with a variety of different systems. So, so there could be a payment gateway and you just link it to the payment gateway. There could be some other systems and you need to link it to some other stuff. All of them may be integrated in various fashions. Maybe you use an API, maybe you use a REST, maybe you use a variety of different you know, messaging protocols and so on and so forth. So the act of now evaluation of a system is no more just the notion of a, the behavior as we used to once upon a time understand from specification. That is sadly not anymore enough. And therefore, what that means really is as QA professionals, how deeply do we understand the way the systems are built and not just what was intended or what may be intended to the end users. So it is as much important today to understand the, the technologies that go forward appreciate how it is built so that you you know that the integration points which could possibly be sources of weakness because a lot more loose ends today so which means you know there could be obviously issues arising because of integration and that is where the challenge today is so it is not white or black in the conventional sense as we kind of some some people put it but it's really the ability to understand the innards far better and to therefore establish meaningful probes to be able to evaluate them better. Now, technology is now fairly wide, you know, it, depending on what you end up doing, you know, you could say, oh, this is all a bunch of FinTech technology, this is a bunch of IoT technology, this is a bunch of intelligence, you know, whatever, AI, ML technologies, and so on and so forth, or mobile technology. So technologies by definition are vast. But what is important to understand is what is the degree of depth that is important, you know, that is required for you to understand. Today, I think it is terribly important to be able to have an ability to broad base and go deep wherever appropriate as quickly as possible. And that is why it seemingly is providing us a challenge. But the challenge is not about learning all the languages. The challenge is not about learning all the tools. The challenge is being able to appreciate the plethora of technologies that may make up the system that we are primarily trying to evaluate and get a reasonably decent insight so that one can make appropriate choices in terms of how do I go about evaluating, what are certain interesting issues that I should be looking forward to and understanding potential weak points, strong points about what to do. So, Technologies will continue to evolve and we know that it's been evolving every decade. Every decade there's a new set of technologies that come, some survive, some fail. Some languages come in, new, you know, new technologies come in. So I don't think we need to worry too much about what is, is really about today, I guess, you know, if there are certain technologies that are used in our application, then it is paramount that we appreciate it. If, if, they, if they so happen to be some of those which are more popular and they survive a longer time, then certainly you're a little more lucky. 
associated with the technology, there might be certain tools. So you probably pick and choose those tools that matter. Associated with the certain technology, there could be certain languages which allow us to enable probing better. So you kind of know what is necessary for you to probe. And that's a constant continual exchange, you know, expansion. But the whole idea here is, is not, you, you cannot obviously go into every, you know, into the details and the depth into each one of them. And it's probably not really necessary. So is it sufficient to just expand knowledge and exploratory testing and adapt a new tool? So let me caution you if I, if I understand it correctly. Yes, the act of testing is in some, it is in, it is in a larger context generic. The applicability of what we do to a particular context, in this case a domain, a class of application, a, cl and a class of technology that are out there, uh, requires intelligent exploration to do that. So the ability to be smartly able and intelligently able to explore, I think is timeless in that sense. Um, but it is not just about tools that we are talking about. We are really talking about the appreciation and understanding of various inners that make up that particular system under construction. And it's not just a tool. So it is not about adapting a tool and learning how to script that is sufficient, right? Uh, the ability to intelligently explore and go beyond the technology, go beyond just the product, being staying inspired from a lot of other fields uh, become paramount. I think we will talk about that also. Now, a question that was asked was in this challenging world, how do you think a smart tester can sustain in the market? These days, companies expect most of the kind of testing to be done by a single person. I'm in a dilemma thinking of this, which to learn, which tool to put expertise in and so on and so forth. So I think what's so everybody today, be it a developer, be it an analyst, be it a tester, be it anybody in, in what we do, I think certainly there is a lot more expansion in terms of breadth, in terms of what is expected. So obviously there is a lot more broad basing that has occurred and will continue to possibly occur. Now, the reason for the broad, broad basing that's occurred is certainly from the development aspect, a lot more leverage that it is possible for you to pick up a framework and write very less code and do a piece of job and get a system done. And that's fantastic. Once upon a time, we have to write a lot of code, but today that's available. And the horsepower of the machines have gone significantly higher. So it's okay to use kind of these frameworks, which put a lot of fat to get things done. Whereas once upon a time, I would be very efficient in how I code. So I'm able to integrate a lot of code that's already available, either from pre-built notions or you know from other open source pieces. And therefore, there is a lot of broad base that has occurred, broad basing that has occurred. So it is only natural in our discipline that we should be mindful and we should probably in, you know, fundamentally embrace the act of broad basing. So is that a dilemma? No, that's that's exactly what's expected today. So you are expected to uh, be conversant with the you know spectrum of technologies, especially those that matter within the organization that you work with. And depending on the technology, certain tools are meaningful. So you learn them, but it's not just as, as I said, it's not just limited to the tool, but it's also about appropriate languages that are closer to those technologies that matter. And and that is what really smartness is all about here. It is about being able to appreciate 
technologies as as needed rather than going into deeply being able to have the ability to discard what is not needed right now or better still being able to defer what is not required to a later time is a degree of smartness because there's a lot more that is expected to be able to want that one has to understand right so it is not about just a tool so that's why i started off by saying it is not about manual or automated and automated is not just about a tool it's really about uh, using our intellect to be able to appreciate a wider spectrum and using technology and tools as appropriate to get this job and that is what is needed today to fundamentally sustain because as as development folks nobody is writing a lot of code but a lot of people are writing glue code to integrate variety of different pieces so the development has leapfrogged in terms of what i would call as the smart the smarter ways of building code and it's quite natural that that's exactly what's expected so so you know to your question sneha on the challenging world how do you think smart tester can sustain i think that is the only way to really sustain you know becoming fundamentally smarter in what we do and smartness is not just limited to the act of qa slash testing it expands into the entire realm of software engineering and expands also out of the realm of software engineering so some of the questions so i'm going to kind of just see if i can do justice to uh, the dozen questions of uh, sandeep uh, who has been very very curious in terms of putting together some really lovely questions so if he thinks he the one of the question that he wanted to ask is is how do you define qa from your experience in assurance or assistance or testing or something uh, i know words are interesting they can always um, be very interesting to debate upon but but certainly i wouldn't want to get into a point of debate just to prove a point in terms of what i think is a word uh, certainly you know we can always use variety of different words is assurance or assistance or testing so i is going to be simple and say look uh, i think at the end of the day you know we're looking at assurance to a business to a large degree uh, we are ensuring that you know there is an whatever that we do assures to our business and to our customers that they are in safe hands and to the business it ensures that you know it's a, it's a great product that they can make money with so i probably would stick the most simplest of the definitions to start with but i would keep in context that at the end of the day whatever that we do is not just limited to the technical act of testing but but significantly it is the larger context of um, what i do is significantly important to the business at large to my company and the business and uh, and it's certainly very important to people who consume my software uh, whether it be free or be price as to how it you know it changes and how it improves their quality of what they do and how it ultimately adds value to what they do so that to me is what qa is all about now this other one that you talked about uh, sandeep is an assumption about this topic uh, which you stated as you might have chosen this topic because you observed the need for elevated awareness practices skills around the logical scientific and creative thinking is that a sensible assumption uh, certainly yes so i think unless we kind of elevate ourselves to connect at a larger level expanding into the realm of 
not just one phase of software engineering, but appreciate the larger context of software engineering going all the way into development and then into analysis on the other side, which is left, if you will, and the other side into the right, where we are really talking about the business and the, and the people who consume and what it means you know, to their work. It requires that we, we have to be certainly be logical and scientific in what we do. But equally importantly, I, I think it's important to be creative. And I mean creative, it is to look at it from multiple points of view, certainly from a business angle, certainly from user angle, certainly from an issue angle, certainly from time angle, certainly from cost angle. So obviously multiple angles and we obviously have to play a meaningful balance in this entire story. And therefore, now the question and definition of what you asked is, you know, what is it? What is the intellect and what is it different from in intelligence? I think intellect is to a large degree, um, the faculty of reasoning, the ability to discern facts, the, the act of you know, understanding various facts. So it's in, in some sense, a fundamental cerebral thing. So it is more fact oriented, whereas intelligence, though, is a kind of a synonym to the notion of intellect. It's really about the feeling thing. So so when we say, you know, we are in, we, have, we display a certain intelligence, we are able to use the facts and that results in feelings. And that really is all about intelligence, truly speaking. So in that sense, yeah, there is this fine point between fact versus feeling. And that's really what intellect and intelligence is. Now, the, when we say intellect, we are absorbing facts. Uh, we are improving our faculty of reasoning, uh, the ability to understand objectively, the ability to abstract things, all that is part of the intellect piece. Using that to do things is, is where intelligence comes from. Now, you ask some questions in the context of intellect and the uh, Western, Eastern kind of a philosophy. See, Western science, by definition, if you look at science, I think Western science is very fact based, fact based as in terms of what they observe. So, the entire notion of the, Western scientific thinking is based on a simple premise of you hypothesize and then you kind of, you know, you know, see those facts. And now you see things that fit those facts. And if you are able to fit those facts, you say, okay, the premise is valid and therefore set up a law or a principle or whatever that's all. So Western science by definition, the facts are something that we can see with the typical five senses. I mean, here, I mean, you know, absorb using the five senses which includes sight and smell and sound and so on and so forth. Eastern system of uh, science is slightly different. We go on to a faculty which is a little more deeper and therefore we call it the notion of mind and so on and so forth. But you know, the whole idea there, the belief, the Western system is not really simply based on the notion of, the Eastern system is not simply based on the notion of facts, but I guess it's uh, no, based on a system of belief. So you kind of, have the fundamental notion that if you can, if you believe very strongly that you can about something, that it's kind of possible for you to make it so. And therefore that it's not something fundamentally provable. So obviously the, the, the way we build our intellect system is by being extraordinarily mindful, extraordinarily inverse centric, and therefore start observing with the mind's eye, if you will. So there is uh, obviously a great amount of power in doing that, but I'm not going to go through that, though I, though I very, very strongly believe in it and I have experienced quite a bit by from an Eastern system. But that said, it is just a nice, wonderful marriage. So where I kind of think of it, 
it makes sense in the context of what we do is the act of uh, mindfulness and therefore the act of being very immersive and therefore I call that entire thing as an immersive kind of a test where we explore very immersively and therefore we are very much inside what we are doing and therefore we're able to observe therefore far better. So in that sense I am, I am I have a heightened intellect to be able to explore and therefore what do what I think far better. So I, I kind of call that as uh, immersive kind of immersive session test. Now the other question that you really had was thinking scientifically, logically and creatively what is a split and so on. So I think it's uh, there is no such split as 80 or a 20 or a 60 or a 40 or whatever or 50 or a 50. I guess it's that you know the smartness comes by the notion of how well we are harmoniously able to be logical. That means uh, we see facts, uh, we make theories, we test it out, we prove, we disprove. So it's very factual in that nature. So that's very Western scientific thinking oriented. So what we call a scientific logic, if you will. The other one is, is yeah, is, is, is somehow appreciating a few things, getting a few hunches and being able to do it, which is a bit of an Eastern system of view. The third one is, is really is about you know keeping your mind open, be staying inspired from a lot of outside things and therefore be creative in that sense. So how do you find that balance? Is there a percentage? I don't think you should really bother about the percentage per se, but I guess it's really being mindful, am I shifting across all these things in a continual manner. You know, to me, the greatest inspiration to me every time in whatever I do, not just limited to testing, is obviously nature. Um, it seems to be perfect. It seems to continually evolve. It seems not to worry about discarding. Leaves have fallen a few, you know, a few weeks ago, and a new set of leaves have come across, and they constantly do that year after year. So, when you look at nature and you kind of look, what you're really saying is, have we come into a, have we come into a mental thought process where we are well aware that we are logical, we are receiving some interesting insights, we are hunches. And we are, you know, receiving some fairly interesting creative ideas as we do. And if you are, if you think you can be harmonious and therefore be in such sense natural, then you're probably very, very smart in what you're doing. So as long as we don't straightjacket what we do into thinking only this way or only that way, being only logical every time or only, you know, being creative another time. Are trying to bucketize uh, when you naturally meld it meaningfully I think then that's where magic kind of happens. So to me hi Rahul so to me it's it's how do you get to that real how do you get into that kind of state you know there isn't a particular mantra to get there right so as long as we kind of understand that what we are doing has a larger context 
and has a has a higher influence in terms of what we do and it's not relegated to just finding what we think is bugs but it's got a significant impact to the business and the community and the people then it is only natural that you expand your horizon of what you're constantly seeking as knowledge not limited only to what we do in the context of testing but certainly appreciate technology certainly you know go ahead and understand psychology certainly go ahead and understand the business domain certainly understand you know certainly look around and read about history and geography and so obviously it is it is not you know staying inspired is a, or staying creative and staying inspired this is not a one day job it is a constant continuous effort i would say effort it's joyful in that sense effort not in the negative sense and something that you know where you keep away file away little nuggets of interesting information in your brain and you never know when it's going to connect and that's where it you know these little packed little nuggets sit in your brain and one day you get some you know heady inspiration of say hey for this i could use that kind of an idea and so on so that is where to me the notion of curiosity comes in it's not like i'm curious today i'm not curious tomorrow and therefore the key ideas to me is are we really open and and receiving reading appreciating just receiving sometimes a variety of different pieces of information and therefore not limiting ourselves to this particular tool or this particular language or this particular technique in what we do and that's and that's a lifelong thing so how do you harmoniously exploit both your right brain and right left brain so have you tried to write with both the hands at the same time have you tried your hand at sketching and drawing have you tried to sing music you know there are things that tickle your right brain kind of stuff right and therefore have you doodled so those are the things that that really are nothing to do with testing testing but then i think they have a significant impact in what we do and therefore it goes beyond what one might term as intelligence quotient or it as as you one of your question uh, that you put which is really related to more of a factual intelligence so it's it's not any more just about a factual intelligence that we talk about and i think uh, it has terribly lot of other dimensions uh, that we are that we seem to need at this point in time in what we do so how do you understand technologies uh, rapidly do you read everything no uh, how can one be faster how can one see very different patterns and connect these various patterns how can how can one take notes very rapidly how can one be very pictorial in what we do all those really really matter so about a couple of years ago i got very very curious in terms starting to think in terms of visual thinking so i found out there are at least about five very interesting books that i ended up buying which talked about visual thinking and one of those books you know some of those we understand very well so i think mind mapping is one such technique that we understand very very well or at least practiced a lot more more recently of course there's a term called doodling i'm sure you some of you know it and i saw a book which is completely written in sketch notes if you're not read about sketch notes it's a very interesting way to explain something you know to paraphrase something into a sketch note another interesting feature and there's another book which is primarily about teaching i think it's a really long book I mean, long in terms of long format book. Uh, I think it's really something like an A3 size, approximately. But the book is about explaining variety of different things 
using only pictures. The whole book was only pictorial. So you know when you when you see he was explaining a rocket engine in one place, he was explaining something else in another page. It has nothing to do with testing, but it kind of changed the way the way I was thinking. How people are so beautifully creative in terms of how they express things, not only by words. So I guess you know the act of creativity, um, the act of expansion of our mind, the act of trying to be you know exploring the right brain uh, is a tickle that is every day, and that's something that's not limited to tools and not limited to technology and not limited to something. So, so you see some of those sites that that certainly are inspirational, you know, which are not limited to testing. So I've learned, I think all of us understand that you know, living in a well, you just become a, you know, you're just a frog. But you know, when you go outside of the well, you see a big wide world. So, you know, what we learn, of course, there are some absolutely wonderful people here in our community, in this, in our own test prep community, you know, in, in the worldwide community at large, whose blogs, whose tweets, and whose books we read. And tomorrow, I think you have a lovely gentleman who's going to be talk, doing a webinar you know, tomorrow who's going to talk about heuristics. So I think that said, there are a lot of interesting people, a lot of interesting, con a lot of interesting material that come along from the testing context. But that said, there are also a lot of interesting things that are, that are there outside of our community, which I think we should be cognizant of. So obviously, Watching some, watching a TEDx on dance and fluid move, movements is is as interesting as learning about some tool and technology here. So because some of those things, I get very seriously inspired and say, oh, that's that's something that I, you know, at some point in time it connects and you end up doing something else. And that really is. So when you look at sites or blogs or books, I think over the years I've simply moved out our our own discipline of reading, and therefore. You know, read in a more wider spectrum, not limited to our domain, and therefore seek inspirations. I would say seek inspirations. You know, uh, be inspired in some sense uh, by a variety of things outside of our domain. So, so to in in some sense, therefore, when you when you really look at you know uh, some of the tips, what I thought was what was smart and to give a little bit of context is some of the tips that I was trying to put in place is well some tips to smart QA is hey you know how can I not do work how can I you know, I wouldn't say avoid work but really prevent work so what can I do such that I can educate somebody up front so that I don't have to test so to speak how can I do less how can I just do just as much how can I do anything really beautifully how can I adapt, adjust, adapt, adjust, adapt, adjust constantly? So, so make, you may call it agile, but all I'm really saying is you know, that's what nature does. How can I see the mirror constantly in terms of measures, metrics, numbers, and constantly adjust myself? How can I see what I see consciously? And how can I see things unconsciously? So how do you become mindful? So would, would mindfulness be important to testing? Hell yes, of course. So mindfulness is not some meditation for something else, so to speak. It is basically the ability to let yourself free and therefore be a, you know, increase your observational skills infinitely, if you will. And that is what unconsciously to me is, unconsciously see to me is. 
are we constantly adding, deleting, refining, and evolving? Because what was good yesterday, have we learned to laugh at it and say that's crap? So as much as we absorb and learn and acquire, it's equally important to unlearn. So in a recent um, discussion with a person whom I was doing an interesting video with, he said that in the current world, he said unlearning is a skill. And it is a skill that is not taught and, and people probably don't understand. And this gentleman was a senior uh, person in the industry. I did a video with him. And I think it's so apt. Certainly, unlearning is a skill. So how do you let go? You know, it's very hard for us to let go. And that is an important skill that one needs to have to stay and be continuously smart. Now, all of us are extremely focused on the activities. We are very, very focused on running, executing, scripting, and so on and so forth. Yeah, certainly activities are important, but focus on the outcome and enjoy the damn journey. At the end of the day, testing is not some dirty job where we are trying to find bugs within a limited piece of time. Uh, if we kind of put it in that context, our ability to what we can deliver from our individual human potential is fairly limited. It is a, you know, it's an amazing, interesting, enjoyable journey and certainly Outcomes matter to the business at large, and outcomes matter. And outcomes here really are one, one part of it to the business and the other part of it you know, to the end customers in terms of how they love the product. And so it's not just activities and how we accomplish these activities. It is certainly outcomes, but more importantly, are we really enjoying the entire journey? So doing is great, but ultimately understand value matters. And being mindful and therefore doing a far better session-based testing to be able to immerse in the particular act is very interesting because it suddenly you are able to harness your infinite power potential. And don't do work. One of the part of don't do work is leveraging work. Development community seems to have done it extraordinarily well by leveraging other people's code. Our testing community still got to get there. We are not able to leverage our work as much. So if, if somebody is doing some work in an area of payments and somebody else is also doing in it, you know, another area of similar payments, uh, it is very unlikely that there is a common body of knowledge that's available publicly that we can say, hey, here's a bunch of scenarios, here's a bunch of heuristics, or here's a bunch of you know, tool sets that's available for you to use. And Therefore, we're still kind of ch churning again and again the same thing. Uh, whereas uh, I think the developers have possibly done it. And therefore, how do we leverage other people's work? How can we copy? How can we leverage? How can we go to the next level? Be very rational, but trust your gut. See, I think it's terribly important to be rational and scientific, but it's equally important for us to develop that gut over time so that you can use those hunches as we go. Focus is brilliant. Focus is great. But it's very important to meander. It is very important to kind of go around. It's very important to, in some sense, not really get lost, but yeah, meander around, do a bit of get lost because that's what allows us to understand systems far better and therefore refine, adjust, refine, adjust and deliver better. 
you know, as we go. The act of decomposing a system, simplifying what we're doing, is a terribly important trait because most of the times when we decompose a system very well, be it a new system or be it an existing system, and therefore being able to explain it in a very simplistic fashion, the problem itself gets solved. Now, every software engineer, primarily the holy grail, what they do is, is, is to relentlessly simplify. And you come to a point where if you can't simplify anymore, then you've got really the standing system. We know that. The same thing is applicable to what we do. Relentless simplify our strategy, our test cases, our ways of doing things. Certainly another important aspect of you know, smartness in terms of QA is, for heaven's sake, write less, accomplish more. So it is not sentences and words that count. It is about writing as less and certainly using pictorial abilities to be able to, you know, to do them. So some of these are some of these smarter tips, uh, tips that might help us to think better and therefore do a lot more with much less. I think we've got about just about three more minutes or a couple of more minutes. So uh, I'll try to sum it up and round it in what I see. One, there are wonderful people in our community. So the least that we should possibly do to all the other folks who are inside our community at large, who are coming into the communities, Tell them not to heaven's sake use the word called manual testing. It's a terrible word to use. It's, it's a terrible word that most often associated with a coolie job and people think that they're elevating themselves when they do automated testing. And they think that manual is not what I am. I'm. Certainly, I think it's cerebral. So as long as we understand that what we do is, you know, it requires meaningful human intellect, we should be replaceable with a machine. So that's not where I think that's not what we do on a daily basis, that whatever that we do are is fundamentally replaceable. So certainly, um, the least that we can do is, is to help people understand that you know, it is not manual. It is, in some sense, intellectual in what we do. Yes, sometimes we have to use the, our two hands and two eyes and you know whatever sensorial organs to be able to get a job done. But that is not really the notion of testing, right? Yeah, tooling. Exploit tooling and technology as much as possible. It is not just limited to, to tools. It is not limited to testing tools. It is it's limited to being able to use whatever tools. And I think Ajay wrote a lovely, I think he does a lovely workshop and he has also written a lovely book where he talks about the 50 tools. And, and all those tools are not necessarily the selenium, the world or the geometry, the world or the any of those kind of world. They are little interesting tools, which are like the Swiss knife armory that we use from a technology sense to do our job better. And I think we need to therefore reshape our thinking of automated means tools is not that. It's, you know, it simply means that you're fundamentally technology savvy. You are able to appreciate technology. So if, if some of us are testing an application in the space of IoT or a space of a FinTech or a space of an intelligent AIML system, we are equally investing effort and time to be able to appreciate the technology at large do a bit of a research to get educated. It doesn't necessarily mean that we have to go all the way deep down. It simply means that we broad base and wherever appropriate, we go deep as necessary. But all of it is band time limited. All of it is band limited by the simple notion of what is available time. Because time is, is not about something that we have as a resource. It's just not a constraint. It's just 
a particular thing. So I hear you, Mahesh, where I see a message where you said duration is not a hard stop. I have absolutely no problem. Uh, it is certainly, you know, it would be lovely to see each one of you and therefore have an interaction. So all I'm now able to do, unfortunately, is to see my damn reflection in a way on the camera. So uh, I'm only delighted that at least I'm able to listen to some of your mess, see at least some of your messages that is out there. So at least it makes it fun. But yeah, if you think is if you still if you still think that you enjoy my drone, I have absolutely no problem in continuing on, and we're happy to answer any more questions that come along as part of the messages. We are certainly happy to do that. So uh, yeah, I, I'm I have no issues of uh, time per se, but I'm sure it's not just a question that that I'm interested in, but I'm sure each one of you have an interesting viewpoint uh, that would be also wonderful. You could. If you could, you know, share some of your viewpoints as part of the comments uh, in, in the Facebook uh, comment page. So the whole idea of smartness is, to me, it is, I think, a bit of a, a do or die situation uh, in terms of us, us as a discipline. In fact, you know, one of those chaps when we were doing an interview, you know, when we were doing an interesting video, he said, you know, uh, ultimately we need to elevate the entire QA as not just an activity or a silo; it is really a mindset. And mindset, some what it means is, is not that we work in a QA as a department, but but really there are these set of folks who are who have developed that notion of a perfection mindset, if you will, the value mindset, if you will, and they're adept at a more broad-based set of skills. And that's what makes it that's what makes us far more valuable to the organization and the community and the people at large. And that's something that I think is very, it's terribly important to understand because there is a fundamental disruption that's happening. I, I'm sure that you have noticed, certainly I've noticed quite a bit where sometimes in certain, a lot of organizations, the QA as a, as a function or a department gets merged in. Because I think what is happening is across the community, the, the kind of the, in a way, the artificial wall or the dichotomy of development and testing seems slowly to be merged. It does not necessarily mean that one is not required. It simply means that they are expecting a far more harmonious amount of working. And therefore, it is only necessary that some of us have this stronger mindset of QA, which we can bring to, to the larger context of software engineering. And that is a disruption. A serious enough disruption that's happening in this case of what we are doing. Certainly in the product companies for sure. And on the other side, there's happened, other major disruption that's happening is times are shorter. Businesses are not really signing up for longer duration. So there's always a constant sense of pressure from a company standpoint of view to how do I continue to roll out revenue? There's no such thing as a longer contract. Be even a product today is available in a nice SaaS model with an ability to break off from the product any month. So you could subscribe to the product on a monthly basis. If you don't like it, you can just snip off. Or if you sign it on a yearly basis, it's sometimes not very huge and you can just break away the contract and go away. So businesses are under tremendous pressure to ensure that the customers continually use our products, our applications. And therefore there is a tremendous amount of uh, shift in terms of what the business is and quite naturally therefore it, it it requires 
a tremendous amount of collaboration among the various parties which build products. Call it the developer, call it the analyst, call it the tester, call it the support guy. So I think all of them suddenly are seen in one big giant bucket. And that's exactly what's happening today. So um, there is no need for us to be perfectly religious in terms of thinking of testing as a silo. It is terribly important to kind of understand that the silo is part of a larger piece and all we can as a set of specialist folks is to bring that mindset to the larger context and that we can only do when we learn to understand other people's languages as much as we understand our languages. So the language of development, the language of technology, the language of tools, the language of empathy, the language of business and finance. So I guess that is where the smartness uh, comes in extraordinarily handy because it, these are not something that you can ask a tool to do. These are not something that you can easily train a machine to do and therefore it's necessary that we exploit that 800 gram, that two, you know, that stuff that, that's, you know, between our two years. Yes, Rahul, yeah, that's something that I think all of us feel very, very strongly. Stop using the word manual testing. Automated is not premium. Yeah, absolutely understand. It's such a, it's such a painful irritation when people talk about it and, and they think that life is just about these two. Certainly, yeah. And, you know, and, and even in the context of, you know, uh, tests, you know, it is not about staying inspired only from technology pieces, but you know, there are a lot of other things that we need to be looking at and being, uh, staying inspired with. So uh, move out of just learning or absorbing facts from our technical world, but be open. So I guess, you know, I know Rahul writes lovely poetry and shairi. So I've also tried to put my hand in that. So I guess, you know, all of us are trying to keep our, you know, what should I say? mental age far younger and trying a variety of different things. So, you know, pick up something that you are completely unaware of and, and do it. And therefore, you know, you are able to exercise your right brain. So if you're bad at drawing, maybe you know, fiddle, fiddle around with some doodles, you know, and be open enough to listen to a variety of you know, different podcasts or different video casts or whatever. So you don't have to think that learning is kind of limited. And and learning is not learning about a particular course today. It's about absorbing whatever makes sense and filing it away. And you never know when they all connect internally and some magic happens. And that is where mindfulness comes in very, very handy. Being able to observe inside, internally, and, and suddenly a lot of things really connect. And that to me is the ultimate smartness the smartness of the, the ability to observe by closing your eyes, observe internally the variety of different things and being able to make that amazing connections which you wonder, wow, am I really that smart? And that's the magic that happens when, when you kind of go inward and that's truly very, very Eastern. So uh, today, of course, you know, the notion of meditation and mindfulness and calm space, calm or headspace, as some people call it, is indeed becoming very, very popular. Not just from a life aspect, but in terms of what we can do. So uh, to me, they certainly are meaningful 
to what we do also, and that is delivering absolutely stunning products. On a slightly different note, um, you know, so we are all people primarily focused on product and quality and perfection. So sometimes, you know, it kind of bothers me, sometimes seriously irritates me when, when you actually see people who are applying for, let's say, testing kind of positions, QA kind of positions, writing kind of bad resumes. When they say bad resume, you know, it has got spelling mistakes. It, it's, it's not aligned. It doesn't look well. I think in our in our discipline, we have to understand that we have to be aesthetic in what we do. Because at the end of the day, there is an enormous amount of joy in the beauty in what we produce. And, and production does not mean writing code. It is about contributing to the act of great product. So it would be fundamentally terrible if whatever that work that we produce is not of the highest quality. So it might be a good idea for you to spread the message that whatever that we do, not just limited to the notion of product testing and quality, uh, I think we want to demonstrate a degree of perfection and a sense of aesthetics in what we do. So it is about 10, 8. I've had an interesting discussion or I mean, I wouldn't say discussion, I have an interesting monologue from my side, aided by some of the lovely questions that you guys had asked. I hope it was of some interest. This is, I'm, I'm sure that I am not, I did not give you a very clear, you know, answer one, answer two, answer three, because I don't think it makes absolute sense for me to give a biased answer, which I think is right. But it's something that you as a process, you will discover. So thank you so much. Um, I do a weekly digest. I think I've shared the website. Uh, I would love, obviously, contributions. Uh, I would love, obviously, your comments. It's a community thing that I'm trying to do. It's nothing to do with my company, though it is hosted as a as a you know website within the context of the company. But it's really nothing to do with selling day. So do take a look at it and and pass on your comments. And thank you so much for listening in. And have a great weekend. And have a great webinar tomorrow. So I'm going to sign off. Yes, Rahul, absolutely. Do we demonstrate quality in everything that we do? Uh, yes, absolutely. We, we need to fundamentally do that. So quality is obviously not limited to you know, software and bugs. I think we just fail to feel, see the fact that we are in some sense the people who, as much as artists produce a wonderful piece of work, we are really artists in the context of software in terms of ensuring that what we produce, hopefully, can be business art. So thank you for that, Rahul. So thank you, Sandeep, for interesting questions. And thank you all you know, for, for the lovely questions uh, that you had. I hope it was of some use because I know you spent a very valuable one hour on a Saturday evening, which extended by another 10 minutes. Have a lovely day, guys. And thank you, Mahesh, so much for giving me this opportunity to share some of my views today.
this and i and i have to obviously thank the gentleman who set me up today and i think uh shrini kulkarni thank you so much so i am going to end the live video now